number 16. Matthew chapter number 16. Verse number 13. Today is week three of our series about the church. And I love my church. And the importance of the church. Amen. If Jesus made it his custom to go to church, you should make it your custom to go to church. Amen. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 4, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. We live in a generation of people that say, I can follow Jesus, but I don't have to go to church. Well, unfortunately, you're not following Jesus, because if you follow Jesus, you, he's going to lead you right to church. Amen. If it was his custom, it should be our custom. Amen. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he said to his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Thou art John the Baptist. Some said, You are John the Baptist. Some said, You are Elijah. Some said, You are Jeremiah. Some said, You are one of the other prophets. But Jesus answered them and said, I'm not caring about what everybody else says. I want to know who I am to you. Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Yes. The Christos, the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who bears burdens and the one who destroys yokes. You are the Christ, the yes. Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed this to you. He said, No human could tell you this is who I am. But I know you've been spending time with my Father, which is in heaven. And I say unto you, Thou art called Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in, on, on earth, and whatever you shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Today, I want to talk to you on the subject of the table. God invites every person to his table. Today, God's inviting you to have a seat at his table. Yes. Father, we love you and we bless you. We thank you for your graciousness. We thank you for being kind. We thank you for waking us up this morning, allowing us to be able to clothe ourselves, be in our right mind, and come to celebrate you. Today, we give you glory. We ask for you to touch our words that are spoken today minister to the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. To recap just for a minute, the church, over the last couple of weeks, the church is the greatest force on earth. The church is. The enemy loves division. The enemy loves for you to be divided against the church. There's nothing more that the enemy loves than for you to feel contrary to the thing that God instituted. There's only two things that God ever started, He ever instituted. Only two things in the earth. Number one is the family. We find that in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, that God started the family. We've talked about it for two weeks. I will not exhaust it anymore other than to tell you the reason the devil is after your family, the reason the devil is after your marriage, the reason the devil is after your kids is because of one reason. He's after what God started. And sometimes you've got to rise up as a family, as a husband, as a wife, as children, as parents, and you've got to rise up and say, devil, you cannot have what God started in my life and what God started in the earth realm. That's why all over the earth today, the fight is over the family and the fight. We talked about it, that over 60% of marriages end up in divorce in our generation. Over 60% of marriages, yet 92% of marriages have a success rate when the husband and the wife both go to church and talk positively about God and or the church every single week. There is a 92% success rate. No wonder the enemy wants you out of the church. No wonder the enemy wants your family separated. 
Because if he can get you not attending the church, you've got a 60% failure rate in your marriage. But I believe that there are some people that are rising up over the last several weeks right here at the SOJ that say, I'm going to tell the devil where he can go in my life. And me and my family are going to rise up and we're going to serve God. And just like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care what my neighbor is doing and I don't care what my co-workers is doing. And right now, I don't even care what the person sitting next to me is doing. All I care about is my, what's going on in my life and what I can control. And me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Number two, the second institution that God started was the church. In my grandparents' generation, 65% of the United States went to church on Sunday. 65% in my grandparents' generation. 65% of people went to church. In the millennial generation in the United States, only 4% of people go to church. The thing that God started in Acts chapter number 2, the thing that God birthed, to give the world power in Acts chapter number 2. Yeah. Now only 4% of the millennial generation even go to church. I would say that the enemy is after what God started. Yeah. Divorce is on the rise and church attendance is on the decline. Yeah. The two things God established that is in the earth realm today. Yeah. It's not enough to ask God it won't always want to want God to be on my side. I got to make a decision first that I'm going to get over here on God's side. And I'm going to be for what God is for. And I'm going to be against what God is against. Are you hearing? Yes. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It didn't say that the gates of hell wouldn't attack. It just said the gates of hell would not prevail. When you're a part of the church, you're a part of the very institution that God said the enemy will not win in your life. Yeah. I want to go through my life knowing in every situation I'm going to win. Yeah. And in order for that to happen, i got to be a part of the very thing that God started. Not the pastor started, not anybody else in the church started. But I want to be a part of the thing God started. So that I will win. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But the problem is... Is that the enemy uses people, the enemy uses our own to destroy families. The enemy uses our own to destroy churches. Let's face it, it's not the world who's destroying the church. It's the church that are destroying the church. It's our own. Come on, somebody who just lived for the devil last night could care less what you and I are doing up in here today. It's only church people. We're the only ones who kill our wounded. We're the only ones who watch people bleed and not bandage them up. But the problem is, is none of us understand the importance of church according to God. And God invites all of us to the table. To his table. To sit down at his table. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter if this is your 1,724th time in a church service, or no matter whether this is the very first time you ever walked into church in your life, today God yes. invites you to his table. And in the table, you have many seats. I want to talk to you about the four main seats that are at the table of God in His church. And the importance of all four chairs at the table. The first chair, I like to call it the workout chair. This is the chair that people sit in when they come to church to work out. Yeah. I'm talking about building their faith. Yeah. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, chapter number, verse number 5 and 6, 
When I call to remembrance the unseen faith that is in you, Paul, writing to his protege Timothy, said, When I call to remembrance the unseen faith that is in you, it dwelt first in your grandmother and then in your mother. I am persuaded that that same faith is in you too. Wherefore, I put in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you, by the putting on of my hands. It is important that there's a seat at the table for those who are wanting to get stronger in God. You see, there are people in this room right now who you are here today for one reason. I want to get stronger in the Lord. I want to build my faith. I want my faith to be stronger this week than it was last week. I want to grow and I want to see the evidence of, of, of my life growing in God. So I'm going to be honest. I don't care about the foolishness of church. I don't care about the drama of people. That's right. I'm not worrying about what other people say that are hypocrites. I just want to seat at the table today. Because I've been enough, I've been through enough hell and high water in my life that I don't come to church to be seen. And I don't come to church to be looked at. And I don't come to God's table wanting to figure out what you're eating. I'm just coming worried about what I'm eating. And I'm coming to worry about my life building. And I want to be the man God called me to be. And I want to be the woman God called me to be. And I want to be the parent. And I want to be the spouse that God called me to be. So I've got to have a seat at the table so that I can grow in who God said I can be. Because I'll be honest, I don't look like what I'm supposed to look like. But I'm not going to be discouraged because I don't look like what I'm supposed to look like. Instead, I'm going to walk myself to the table and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to say, no, I don't want the junk. I don't want the gossip. I don't want the slander. I don't want to know what's going on in everybody's business. I came for one reason and one reason only today. I come to build my faith. I come to become stronger in God. I walked in here like Clark Kent, but when I leave here, I'm going to leave like Superman because I want to be everything God called me to be. Am I perfect? in the right seat. When you come to God's table, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to tell you why you're there. You don't look like you're supposed to be there. You're talking about you want to get strong, but you look weak. You talking about you supposed to be looking healthy, but you look unhealthy. But that's all right, because I'm working on something at the table of God. I'm working on it. And this time next year, my home's going to look different because I'm working this thing out in my life. This time next year, my life's going to look completely different because I'm working on something this stage of my life and I'm just here to work out I'm here give me faith Paul told Timothy I know you've been at the table and I know you've been at the right table because I know your mama and I know your grandma and I knew the kind of faith they had but since you have been raised at the table I am persuaded that the people at your table the faith that was in them has been deposited into you as well
So today, if you're wanting to grow, you're at the right table. If you're not what you think you are, it's all right. Don't beat yourself up over it. You're at the right table. The second seat. Oh, Lord. You might like this one. I ain't got four chairs, so we improvise. <laughs> if I'd have thought about this illustration beforehand, we'd have had four chairs. The second chair is there's a seat at the table. That's the praise chair. And it's for people that say, I just came to church today to give God glory for everything He has done in my life. When I look back over my life at all the things that God has done for me, I showed up today just to tell Him thank you. There are some people in this room right now who you woke up this morning and said, I got to get to the SOJ just because I got to tell God thank you for how good you have been in my life. Somebody said, I can do that by myself. You can. But Psalms chapter number 34, verse number 1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse number 2. It says this. I need y'all to hurry up. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord that seats not at the table. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord and let exalt. You see, there's power. When someone comes and they say, I just want to give God praise for how good he is. There's power in that. He inhabits the praise of his people. But when two get together and three get together and four get together and 20 get together and 50 get together. Now all of a sudden, God shows up in the middle of them. God just don't want you to give a praise to him in your car or at food line or in your house. But God is saying, come to my table and let us exalt the Lord together. Let us magnify the Lord together. You don't just hold it in. Somebody went through the whole praise and worship service and said, what in the world? There's some people sitting around me that is raising their hands. There's people sitting around me that is crying. There's people sitting around me that is moving. There's people sitting around me that's even yelling. There's people sitting around me that's hollering. And they're hollering churchy stuff. They're hollering hallelujah. They're hollering amen. They're hollering glory to God. And you might be in this room saying, what in the world is going on around me? Listen, there ain't nothing wrong going on around you. There's just some people that came today that God brought them through hell in their life. And they just came to sit at the table and tell God, I just want to thank you. That when I was a sinner, you saved me a seat. And that when I was living for the devil, you kept my seat open. And that when I had nothing, you didn't let nobody sit.
But I'm smart enough that I made one good decision. I learned to sit at the king's table. And if there's one thing God wants, it's a healthy body. God wants a body who is healthy. God doesn't want a body that's unhealthy. And if the body, church body, the body of Christ is going to be healthy, there's got to be a group of people that sit at the table, say, I'm here to build my faith in God. I'm here to build my faith in who God is. You might come in and you might have more questions than you've got answers. But at least you're at the table searching for the answers. You might not be able to figure it all out. I got good gospel news for you. I haven't figured it all out either. But I have sat at the right table. That he is the answer. And then there's a group of people. Say, man, I'm just here to praise God. Yeah. And God said, man, that's part of a healthy body. Yeah. And there's then there's a third group of people. And they're here to say, this is a chair where I'm going to serve the body. Yeah. In John 13, verse number one. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that this hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil now, having now put into his heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things to his hands, And that he was come from God and went to God. He rises, Jesus rises from supper. And laid aside his garments. And took a towel. And he girded himself. And after he poured the water into a basin. He began to wash the disciples feet. And to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter said unto him, Lord. Dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do you knowest not, but you shall know hereafter. Peter said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. I'm not going to have you, Jesus, wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash you not, you have no part Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, all of you are not clean. So after he had washed their feet, he had taken his garments. And was set down again. He said unto them. Know ye what I have done to you. You call me master and your Lord. And you say well. So am I. If I then your Lord and master. Have washed your feet. You ought to wash. One another's feet. Watch. For I have given you. An example. That you should do as I have done to you. A church is only as healthy as the people who choose to sit at the chair to serve. What can I get you today? How can I help you today? You know the part about feet? I don't know. If I could have been raised in my parents' generation, 
Because they had, I'm going to find out if you old school church right here. Because they had what was called foot washing services. Yes! Yes! And I've seen some of your feet. In Jesus' day, the feet was the nastiest part of a person's body. They didn't have shoes like you and I have shoes. They walked everywhere, either barefoot or open-toed sandals. Feet was covered in dirt and in mud and in goop, germ infested, nasty. And here the Savior got down on his knees and said, I'm not too good to wash the nastiest part of your body. And he turns right around and says, if I did it, you do it too. I want you to hear me in this room and hear me good. When you're above serving God, you're above, you have made yourself above God. For you will never be better than your Lord. My question to you today is when you walk through those doors, did you come to get or did you come to give? I come to church to get mine today, Pastor. And then I got a few of you. Pastor, I came to church to get me a hot dog. <laughs> Can you hurry up with this? I, I, I'm, I'm, a brother's hungry right now. But there is a few of that said, forget the hot dog. And there's a few of us that said, forget being seen and forget being recognized. I'm going to be like David. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. King David, what would you rather do? David said, I'd rather be an usher. I'd rather lower myself from a king to an usher in the house of God than to go back and dwell in tents of wickedness. David said, even though I'm a king, I gotta sit at the Lord's table and I gotta find somebody who I can serve today. Somebody's going through a nasty situation and their attitude is rude and their attitude is nasty and their, their disposition is mean. I'm not to run away from those people. I'm to serve the dirtiest part of a person's life. That's what I'm to do. I am not here to serve the saint. I am here to serve the sinner. When you come to the SOJ, you don't come to a church where we think we're better than you. Matter of fact, we've been there, we've done that, and we already got the t-shirt to prove it. We're here because we know what it's like to be a sinner, and we know what it's like to be depressed, and we know what it's like to be addicted, and we know what it's like to be broken, and we know what it's like to feel belittled, and we know what it's like to feel under the table, but we're here to tell you, even you have a seat at the table, and if God can make room for us in his church, God can serve children? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pastor John, these parents don't teach their kids nothing. They don't make their kids behave. And they come into children's church. And I want to serve. But these kids too bad. Oh. So I guess 
you're above God calling you to make an impact to what's dirty. I guess you're going to leave the seat open at the table of God. The church is deteriorating. The church is going down all because we have made ourselves better than the chair God has for us. Hold a door open for people. People should be holding up a door for me. I'm too busy. I got too much going on. I'm too overwhelmed. Maybe, just maybe, the seat at the table balances life Maybe you will never get life under control until first you have a seat at the table. And the fourth chair, I got to hurry. You won't like this one. I like to call the fourth chair the hospital chair. Wow. Acts chapter number three, verse number one. Now Peter and John, faith and love, Peter and John, went together, because you'll never see a miracle in your life until faith and love operate together. Yeah, wow. Faith and love, Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. They went to church together. Imagine that. And a certain man at church was lame from his mother's womb and was carried, whom they did lay daily at the gate of the temple. Isn't it crazy? They took the lame and they put him at the gate and didn't bring him through the door. Wow. They needed help. They needed a physician. But they carried them to the gate of the church. And it was a beautiful gate. Make no mistake about it. Because some of us, ah, see, I, I hate, I, I try to make this quick today and I, I can't. Because some of us got an ugly problem in a beautiful place. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we've settled for the ugly problem just to stay in the beautiful place. And he asked alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing faith and love about to go into church. He said, hey, can you help me out with some money? Verse 4. That was asked alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him and John and said, look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But what I do, God, I'm about to give unto you. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. That's what church people are supposed to do. They're not supposed to walk by you and just look at you. They're supposed to actually be at the table with you, saying, I'm going to help you up right now. And immediately his feet and his ankles received strength. And he, leaping up, stood, walked in and into the church, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. They knew that it was he which asked alms at the beautiful place of the temple. 
and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened. Period. It might don't make sense to me, and it won't make sense to you. But a church is only open when it's got people who have to be carried to the table. I'm hurting, Pastor. See, the temptation is that when I'm hurting and when I'm going through something and that when I'm frustrated and that when I've got pain that I get up from the table to fix it myself. But the truth is is that God invites the broken to his table. A problem in your family, God says, sit at my table. Problem with life, sit at my table. Going through depression, sit at my table. I'm going to take care of you. Got more bills than I got money. Sit at the table. Family doing me wrong. God invites you to his table. I got broken legs. We're going to carry you. Because I promise you, if you sit at the table long enough, somebody who is here to build their faith is not going to be satisfied with building just their faith. But they're going to look over to you and say, we're going to do this together. And somebody who had a seat this morning and they said, all I want to do is I want to get to God's house to praise. Somewhere along the way at that table, that same encouragement is going to hit you. It might not hit you in the first 12 seconds, but if you stay at the table long enough, somewhere along the way with broken legs and can't walk and being bruised in life, you're going to start saying, if God did it for them, He'll do it for me too. And if God can use somebody like them, God can use somebody like me too. And maybe today you're here and you feel like I should be in a hospital. Good news. Welcome to the SOJ. Because we don't we don't kill our sick. We actually bind them up and we let them know that God is a good God. And I'm no better than you are. I was once lame at my feet too. I was once sick too. I once had to go through grieving too. I once had to go through problems too. I've had to go through family issues too. I've had to go through financial issues too. I had to go through health issues too. What saved me from it? Here's what saved me. I crawled weakly because I didn't have the strength to run. I crawled weakly, grieving, hurting. And I sat down at his table and someone built my faith up when I couldn't do it myself. And someone helped me praise God. When I couldn't even muster out a praise myself, all I could do was cry. And someone, when I felt so low, decided to serve me and to love me and to care for me and not to judge me. And they did not look at my crippled legs. And they did not look at my broken ankles. And they did not look at my attitude. And they did not look at my family. And they did not look at my decisions. They sat me down at the table of the king. And they built my face. And they praised him for me. And they served me. 
have a seat in church. Don't run from God. Don't run from his table. Run to his table. Matter of fact, you don't make sense. But we're only healthy when you're here. Yes. Yes. Why do we need to serve the whole? Mephibosheth! Who was running for his life with crippled legs. But King David made a covenant with his daddy. Mephibosheth, the king's table is a great place to hide your brokenness. There's something about a table you never see what's underneath. And I can hide. get exposed it's not here I said it last Sunday and I'll end with this because two weeks ago I rode to a city and when I walked pulled into the city limits there was a sign that said bird sanctuary <laughs> and maybe you already know what that is but I didn't so thank God for Google. Because I had to Google it. What does bird sanctuary mean? And it said, you can kill birds outside of the city limits. But once you get into the city, yes, it's a sanctuary for birds. They could have got shot outside of the sanctuary but the minute they flew into the sanctuary yes. nobody could hunt them yes. any longer and this morning when you walk through those double doors you walked into the sanctuary and we're not looking to point our fingers and we're not looking to look down on you matter of fact we're here to serve you. And we're here to build your faith. And we're here to help you praise God. And we're here to make you whole again. Thank God. I found a seat at his church. Pastor John, they're hypocrites in church. I know. They got broken legs. That's good. So don't don't put them down. We actually carry them here. God invites you to have a seat at his table. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room, and I don't know who you are, but maybe today you have some things being broken in your life. Maybe you don't feel like your family is as whole as it should be. Maybe you feel broken in your finances. Maybe your body, your physical body, you feel it deteriorating. Maybe you're spending all your days and nights worried about your children, your family, your marriage. And you're wondering, where is my place? 
And I stop by to tell you, you belong. You belong. You belong at God's table. Don't you allow the devil to convince you of anything other than that. You belong at the table of God. And if you feel broken today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you right now. If today there's an area of your life that you feel broken, you're at the right table. And we would love to pray for you. We would love to serve you. And we would love to praise God with you. And we love to build your faith. If you're broken today, with no one looking because we don't embarrass you, this is a sanctuary. If you're broken today, would you raise your hand, not to me, but to God? And just say, God, I'm broken today. If that's you, raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three, raise it high. Raise it high and just admit there's areas of my life that are broken. Now I want you to do something with me. I want you to stand to your feet, everybody. Not just the ones who raise their hand. I want everybody to stand up. Billy Graham says this. Inside of every church, inside of sitting in every pew, sit someone with a broken heart. And you have no clue the person sitting next to you, what they're facing, what they're going through, what challenges that await them. We were not called to judge. We were called to serve. We were called to lift Jesus up. Can you do me a favor? The person to your right or left, will you take their hand right now? Will you take their hand right now? Person right or left, will you take their hand? Make sure everyone's grabbing someone's hand in this place. Make sure somebody's not sitting there, not holding someone's hand. Who knows? That hand that you're holding, that hand. You have no clue how many times this week they could have wiped tears from their face. That hand that you're holding, you have no idea what they're struggling with in life, what they're facing in life. There's somebody whose hands you're holding. They're questioning God today. And they have a right to sit at the table just like you do. Can you ask God to heal your heart? Can you ask God to make them whole? Can you ask God to give them their heart's desire? Can you ask God to set them on fire for Him? If you believe it, pray it over them. Can you ask God to heal the wounds of their past? Can you ask God to set them free in their prison? And can you ask God to set them ablaze for their future? Can you pray deliverance over their life? There are people whose hand they're holding, they're wanting to stop it. They're wanting to quit it. And they can't. But God's got the power. Can you ask God to deliver them from evil? you carry them to the table of the king. I'm not better than you. I'm serving you today.
someone hand you're holding that they've been thinking over the last couple of weeks about walking away from relationships, about walking away from family.